Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Welcome everyone again to the Culture NL Libraries podcast. I am Chris Wilson and I'm the e-services librarian and I'm joined today again by two people who have already been on the podcast so far, Alison Walsh and Lauren McIntyre. Welcome back to the podcast guys. Hi. Um, and we today are going to have a wee chat about great beginnings in books. So this episode is titled That Opening Though because it's about that kind of instant impact of, of a book kind of catching you and hopefully dragging you into the pages. Um, Alison, how, how important is openings to books for you? Is it something that, that you need a really kind of quick start to a book to kind of really grab you in or do you mind yeah. having a slow burn in? I don't know that it's all that important to me, although when you start to kind of look into it, I think a lot of books you like probably do have an opening that grab you. I would have probably said in the past it was more like an end that leaves you hanging or nicely resolves things was probably more important to me. I don't mind a book being a slow burn, but um, I think that having had a look at some famous opening lines, I guess actually a lot of books that are really widely loved probably do have a really grabby opening, so I'm guessing that probably structurally is quite important. So. I guess probably subconsciously it was more important than I had considered it to be. Fantastic. And Lauren, how important is the openings in a book to you? Um, yeah, for, so for me, I think the opening is really important. Um, I need something that grabs my attention right away. Um, I think otherwise I, I get bored quite quickly, so I need something that's quite attention-grabbing from from the start. Um, otherwise, if I'm, if I'm not feeling it for the first few pages, I'll probably just give up and move on to something else. So for me, it is quite important. I, I think it, um, you know, kind of sets the tone of the book as well. You know, you get an idea about the author and the characters, you know, and kind of what's, you know, what what the mood will be for the rest of the book. So for me, it is, I think it's quite important. Fantastic. That's interesting you kind of bring up about kind of like it needs to grab you or you kind of give up or get a little bit bored. I, I'm very much a reader that, that I don't like giving up on a book, even if I am kind of struggling with it. I do like to carry on to the bitter end, regardless of whether I'm completely and utterly bored of the story. Oh, I, nice do, Chris. I know, I know. People tell me this all the time, but I just can't. I, I, I can't do it. I can't kind of give up on a book. It's, it's a weird thing that I have. But um, I, I'm, I'm not too fussed about openings. I have to admit, I, I am happy to kind of let, let it kind of build a little bit to see how it goes. Um, before kind of making that judgment um, and like I say even if I'm still hating it after chapter 5 I'll still batter in and keep going until the bitter end but uh, so well, I think what we'll do is um, we'll maybe go for a kind of talk through some kind of well known um, books and, and their openings and, and what we kind of like about them um, I've, I'll start off with this one. I think I'll, I'll, I, and this this episode might highlight my love of young adult fiction because quite a lot of my choices for this episode is young adult fiction based. So, my beginning, uh, my uh, well known book is going to be The Hunger Games by Susan Suzanne Collins. Um, which the first paragraph and that reads along. Um, when I wake up, the other side of the bed is cold. My fingers stretch out, seeking Prim's warmth, but finding only the rough canvas cover of the mattress. She must have had a bad dream and climbed in with her mother. Of course, she did. This is the day of the reaping, which I think sets up the the kind of the the story quite nicely from there, because you're instantly kind of wondering what the reaping is. 
how how this is all going to go out. You don't know the kind of family members that are involved in the story, and um, and of course the it kind of set. I think it sets the scene for the sort of the dystopian fiction thing that that to continue on from that point in the story. So. I think it's quite a good early grab, and it's one thing I think I noticed quite from looking at quite a few young adult novels. They do kind of try and grab you in very early on with that early start of the story. Um, Have you got anyone, a kind of well-known one you want to throw in, Alison, to kind of see what you think? There's a couple, obviously the most famous opening line of all, isn't it? It's like Once Upon a Time. I think that's probably what we should have called the podcast in a week. That's like the ultimate, isn't it? And this one, somewhat ironically, I haven't read this book, but you'll see why it's ironic in a minute, but I think it's just fantastic, is this is my favourite book in all the world, although I have never read it. And that's the first line of The Princess Bride, (laughs) which is a brilliant movie, certainly, so it can only be a fabulous book, but I really love that. And then there's obviously the real classic famous ones that everybody knows, you know, like um, from Pride and Prejudice. It's the truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And then, obviously, you know how I feel about Dickens. I told you this the last time we were here. But The Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. I'm not going to go on because this is like an epic first line. It's like a first paragraph in a sense. <laughs> Only Dickens could do. But um, they're the real super famous ones, aren't they? That I think even people that haven't read the books. But what you're saying about how the first line grabs you I think in one of the other really super famous ones is um, from Peter Pan that all children except one grow up and that just sets the tone doesn't it for the whole yeah. of, the whole of that story in one really spare sentence you know so it can be you know a fabulous way to open the book and it can just set the tone can't it I think yeah definitely it certainly can Lauren, have you got any kind of well-known books that, that you would like to kind of throw in for your, the opening and as a kind of good opening? Uh, yeah, so for me, one of my favourites, um, quite a well-known one as well, um, is actually The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, um, which is actually one of my favourite books of all okay. time. Um, and I think you really get a sense of the character of Holden Caulfield like, as soon as you start reading this book. Um, so it can it starts by saying, if you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like, and how my parents were occupied, and all, and all before they had me, and all that David Copperfield kind of crap. I don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth. And I just, I love that, I love that opening, and especially the first time I read this book, I was about 15, and you know that way when you're 15, and you're, you're full of angst, and you're angry at the world for no reason, and then you read that, and it just like really speaks to you, I think, for that kind of age group. Um, and it does kind of set the, set the tone for what you're going to, read for the rest of the story yeah and you know all about his kind of you know his anger at the world and he's kind of you know he's so young but he's so disillusioned um but you know i think um it's one of those books that i fell in love with really early on and you know what they say true love last time okay lord yeah i think i think the, the opening lines in a book can kind of pull you in and, and it can kind of leave you with that kind of um that sort of love for for a for a book that kind of does kind of last as well, which is, which is another part of of the, the opening that can be quite important. Um, in terms of sort of maybe sort of not necessarily so well known books, some some personal favourites. I um 
thought I would kind of throw in uh, one of my personal favourite books of all time, actually, it has to be The Rosie Rosie Project by Graham Simpson. I think it's an absolutely fantastic book. And um, the main character in it, Don Tillman, um, is is a fantastic character. All the characters in it, in fact, I I think are really fantastic characters. And um, the opening of this book... um, starts off with I may have found the solution to the wife problem as with so many scientific breakthroughs the answer was obvious in retrospect but had it not been for a series of unscheduled events it is unlikely I would have discovered it and I just I just love the idea of of, of this this guy kind of try to find uh, having the, the the wife problem and and having using science as a way of trying to solve his difficulty finding that he's his perfect kind of partner in life, and uh, and as you as you read through the 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 Rosie project, you you realise that that, that Don is he's, he's very kind of methodical in everything that he does, and and it, and it makes complete sense that he would have a kind of scientific kind of thought process as to how to try and find his perfect partner in life as you get to know him, and and it's and it's great and um, it's. You, you kind of find out as the story goes on that he, that he he kind of starts to see things from different perspectives though as the, as the story progresses and and life isn't quite as methodical and perfect as he would maybe like it to be which is part of why the Rosie Project is such a great book. Yeah. Um, you write that opening line though, doesn't it? Just tells you everything you need to know about Don Tillman going it, forward. It really does. It really does. <laughs> there in that one sentence. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll kind of butter through another couple of my personal favourites as well um, a little bit darker this time um, and again showing off my love of young young adult fiction, A Monster Calls by Patrick Ness um, it's it's another kind of great story um, and um, a very sad story I have to admit um, it's very different from uh, from the Rosie Project and the, the kind of start of that is that the monster showed up just after midnight, as they do. Connor was awake when it came. He'd had a nightmare. Well, not a nightmare. The nightmare. The one he'd been having a lot lately. The one with the darkness and the wind and the screaming. The one with the hand slipping from his grasp. No no matter how hard he tried to hold on, the 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 one that always ended with. And, and, I, and I love how it kind of sets that up. It's kind of... The the story is about uh, Connor, a boy who and his mum is 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 very ill, and he's trying to kind of deal with that, and and he is visited by, um, uh, kind of a a revisiting of a nightmare on a regular basis throughout the story, and and it's a and it's 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 a great kind of it's a great story, and really kind of builds a, a sort of darkness as it goes through and kind of and the, the emotion of it all is quite quite kind of sh- quite vivid all the way through it and i think that starting line kind of really does highlight that that kind of darkness as it goes through the story and sticking with patrick ness the other one that i've got is is the knife of never letting go which is completely different um in every way to um the, a monster calls but equally as brilliant um, and the the start of that story uh, goes that the first thing you find out when your dog learns to talk uh, is that dogs don't have don't got much to say about about anything. Need a poo, Don? Shut up, Manji. 
poo poo Todd. I I said shut it. So I think that kind of sums up. I mean, hearing the line, hearing a, a dog telling you that it needs a poo is a fantastic way how to start a story, in my opinion. But uh, and and you kind of as that story goes on, it's it's all about kind of the the it's a kind of it's a bit of a science fiction story, really. They're on a, another planet. Um, and the, everybody can uh, the the society there that all the men can hear each other's thoughts and and kind of basically kind of hear each other's kind of thinking all the time, and and it's a it's a really interesting kind of twist on society being not not having any kind of personal time to yourself and um, and there's there's other things that happen in the story which I won't reveal for any spoilers. But it really kind of takes off from there. It's really, really interesting. So that's my three personal, per, personal kind of favourite starts that I could find for for this episode today. So, Alison, do you get any personal favourites you want to throw in for the for yeah, the point? I think one of my personal favourites is probably from the Ian Banks novel, The Crow Road. Um, and the first sentence of it is, "It was the day my grandmother exploded." <laughs> It's just getting a quote <laughs> out there, which you would expect from an Ian Banks novel. He was sadly no longer with us. Um, and, you know, Prentice McHoon does have a, a fairly surreal life in the novel, but I think probably even by Prentice's standards, that day at the crematorium, you know, all standing outside, everybody's full of mourning and talk about diffusing a, a tragic situation was just ridiculous. And um, I think that's probably typical of the style in the book I think so that's probably one of my most favourite ones and that kind of grabs you in. The other one you're talking a lot about young adult fiction um, one that recently I well not that recently now I suppose a couple of years ago I read Charlotte's Web again with my kids having not read it since I was uh, young myself and um, the very first sentence in that is where's Papa going with that axe? I swear to her mother as they were laying the table for breakfast thus setting the scene for two <laughs> not going to make it and you know as we know it's not really a spoiler you know the pig was saved in the end and it was fine but um, because of the wisdom of Charlotte of course I'm helping a lot but I think these are great opening lines and slightly surreal as well and kind of out there so maybe I I like that the kind of the quirky ones that draw you in with something just bizarre that you do then want to develop from there on in definitely I think the quirkiness thing is definitely a a tactic a lot of authors use to try and kind of pull you in from that kind of starting point. Um, Lauren, have you got any kind of favourites you want to throw in? Uh, Yeah, my my first one um, also kind of on the same sort of lines of a a kind of quirky start. So it's actually from Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, which is one of my favourite books. Um, And just the first line in this book is, it was a nice day. I think you read it anywhere like that. (laughs) Um, but it kind of goes on to say, you know, all the days had been nice. There had been rather more than seven of them so far, and rain hadn't been invented yet. But clouds massing east of Eden suggested that the first thunderstorm was on its way, and it was going to be a big one. And I just, I, I love that. I think it just kind of, like, just kind of grabs you in, like, straight away. Um, for anyone who's not read the story before, it's um, basically, we start at the Garden of Eden, and then move to modern times and the end of the world, and the attempts of the, the angel Aziraphale and the demon to try and prevent that um, and also the misplacement of the Antichrist so it's really quite a it's a, it's a really fun story but there's also some kind of dark humour in there you know and you know like kind of darker fantasy in there as well so I think it's just you know, even from the, that first opening you know you really kind of get that impression from it um it's a bit foreboding you know, it's a lovely day a storm's coming <laughs> and that kind of just sets the tone for the whole the whole book 
Um, another one that I've read quite recently, um, <clears throat> it's quite a, just a recently published book called The Godmother by Hannah Ward Kerr, um, and it's a, a French crime fiction novel, and it starts by saying, my, my parents were crooks with a visceral love of money. For them, it wasn't an inert substance stashed away in a suitcase or held in some account. No, they loved it as a living, intelligent being that could create and destroy, possessing the gift of reproduction, something mighty that forged destinies, that separated beauty from ugliness, winners from losers. Money was everything, the distillation of all that could be bought in a world where everything was for sale. It was the answer to every question. It was the pre-babel language that united mankind. Um, and you kind of think, as you kind of read more through the book, you kind of find out exactly how, you know, that's kind of forged um, the main characters. Yeah. Um, ideas and actions um, throughout her life. So it's about a 53-year-old French lady called Patience who is a translator for the police and then becomes, you know, a godmother and is <laughs> employed in, you know, like some quite serious, um, serious crime. And you're kind of root for her the whole time. Um, but I think this opening can give you a bit of an insight into why she does what she does. I don't want to say too much and give it away, but it's a fantastic read and it's one that keeps you gripped from the very beginning. Fantastic. Um- I think I think that's we've highlighted quite a, a good few books here, and with some fantastic beginnings and in all of them, and and I do think it's a, a tactic that is used by authors to definitely kind of sort of draw people in. And like I say, I think in particular with the the young adult ones that I found, and and uh, and sort of the kids ones like kind of Charlotte Swave and things like that, I think it is definitely a tactic used in particular with those genres to try and kind of hook the, the reader in um, as, as quickly as possible to kind of try and keep them going and and, and so they, they can continue to and kind of read on. Um, and I, I quite like that. I, I, I like that kind of instant hit of a, of a book. I mean, I can't remember the, the actual beginning of how it starts. I do remember, though, reading the Charlie Higson book, The Enemy, and and almost like from page one, the, the action in that one starts straight away and it's and it's... And it just instantly makes you want to turn the pages, and and that I think that's a kind of big part of of that kind of start off to try and kind of entice you and hook you into the the real story and get you going with it. Um, so uh, I think if have you anyone you got any other ones you want to throw in before we kind of kind of pull anything to the. Uh... Uh, carrying on from what we're saying about children's books, actually, another great one is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. That the start of that, you know. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of Number Four Private Drive were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Thereby setting up the story to know that life is never going to be normal again. You know? <laughs> um, and it just it feeds into what you're saying. You know, they just grab you with that line and that kind of book. And um, I think that's a, a classic example of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And of course, and I think in in real life at the moment, I think we're all starting a new story with how. Um, everything that's happening with the, the kind of lockdown and things like that and 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 with that in mind I would like to kind of highlight some of our um, fantastic new events that we've got coming up because because we are finding that we're having to kind of start a new story and how we kind of uh, do some library events and and how we're doing things and at the moment we we have kind of recently started doing some some new tricks online which new tricks was a set of events that we were running an Airdrie library um, and kind of aimed adults and we have found a way how to kind of transfer that into an online set and, and if you go to our website you'll find you'll find a link there on to the new tricks site site on there if it, um if you go to culturenl.co.uk 
and they have they've already done a fantastic session on bread making live, which is quite a, a, a unusual one for libraries to do. But but I heard it was a, a, it went down a storm. And um, coming up, they've also still got an author talk with a local author, Gerard Grant, and a no prep book group uh, where you can join to the session and listen to a short story and discuss it. Um, and um, also a kind of a few kind of sort of games for you to get involved in a good words, the good with words game, and where are you type thing to try and kind of identify the towns from some clues and things like that. So. Fantastic events for you to kind of sign up to and get involved in um, and on our website, so you feel free to do that. And of course, try and find your own fantastic start to a story by using our BorrowBox service as well. We have got tons of great titles on there, and I'm sure some of them have some fantastic beginnings as well that will hook you in straight from the beginning. So do check that out if you are desperate for a new read while we're in lockdown. But I think um, that's pretty much all we've got to kind of say for this episode. So I'll just kind of say a little bit of a thank you to Alison and Warren for joining me and highlighting some of the fantastic um, beginners that they've enjoyed and books that they've read. And, um, and I'll kind of say goodbye for me and goodbye from Alison and Warren. So thank you, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone, and watch out for the next episode coming soon.